0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It's time for another feature show here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. My name is David Hockney, and today we've got another open panel discussion for you as part of our feature back catalog. And today, with WrestleMania season on the horizon, I think it's time we took a a moment to look back Uh, some of the greatest Wrestlemania matches in history or rather the Wrestlemania matches that we should have seen happen uh, in the past but unfortunately for one reason or another those matches didn't uh, didn't materialize so today I've assembled a panel where we would put I've asked them to bring forward some Wrestlemania matches that they would have liked to have seen at the showcase of the immortals and their job is to argue the best case for me so without any further ado let's meet the panel up first after somebody who basically hijacked Saturday Draft Live this past week uh, hopefully he gets to put uh, just as strong an argument in this case Is the GOAT, David Campbell
1: Hijacked? I was invited on as a guest I mean, like, like it's hardly if that is what you call a hijack it was pretty easy, you know it wasn't, wasn't difficult whatsoever but hi David, it's, it's lovely to see you as well I've just had a lovely after 8 uh, moose, you know, and I'd recommend a, a lovely moose to everyone it's an underrated design their item, uh, and, and don't let anyone tell you any different, Dave. I know they're out there. Don't let them tell you that.
0: And we all know the Moose miss, the is the best kind of deer in the world as well.
1: And the best TNA heavyweight champion of all time. Also. Yeah,
0: very, very true, very true. <laughs> well, if, um, if you're sick of hearing my voice all the time on Saturday Draft Live, I think everybody would prefer to hear this man's soothing voice. It is Gary Kernahan.
2: Oh, thank you, David. Thank you. I've not been invited on Saturday Draft Live for ages. Mm. And um, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit annoyed about that
0: now you mention it. Uh, well, um, we'll need to get you back on at some point. You and probably your tag team partner, Grant McRobbie as well, who uh, at the moment is the reigning defending ESSR champion as well after winning the W Revolution sweep. I think
2: oh, I'll know. win this draft it will be in spite of Grant McRobbie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And finally, we have simply the best in the world! Chris Murray. Chris,
3: how are you? I'm great, David. Any opportunity I get to be on a show with you, I always jump at it because you always give me some sort of CM Punk related introduction. I was actually two minutes late for this recording because I ran into the other room and said to mother half, where's my CM Punk t-shirt? I forgot I'm on with David. I need to get it on. <laughs> and uh, David Campbell, I'd like to point out as well. Um, Mother half was like, "Oh, talk about me in the recording somehow," and I was like, I, I, "It's about wrestling. I don't think I'll do that." But you've given me a good way of doing so, and that is that she's a massive fan of the Tesco Moose yogurt. See, which
1: it all as well. comes back to Moose.
3: I'm telling you,
0: great
1: dessert item. <laughs> It does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's
0: put the conversation of Moose to one side and let's get into the the subject of today's show so just to reiterate this show is about wrestlemania matches that should have happened uh now before the show i've asked each of you to put forward a couple of suggestions on matches that you would have liked to have seen at wrestlemania but for one reason or another we didn't get it and what i want you guys to do is to present the match that you would have liked to have seen at a specific wrestlemania and i will decide who makes the best argument for their selection not necessarily the, the best match that should have gone ahead, but more who makes the best case. Uh, and we'll do this in two parts. So you, everybody gets a go with their first one and then we'll get some listener input as well. And then you guys will present your second one. Everybody clear?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Excellent. So let's, since I introduced you first, GOAT, I am going to put you on the spot here and say, Would you please present your first WrestleMania match that you would have liked to have seen?
1: Just to show you where my brain's at right now, I was frantically trying to work out what year this WrestleMania took place in, forgetting (laughs) it's in the actual name of the pay-per-view. So anyway, (laughs) cast your minds back, ladies and gentlemen, to the year 2000. All right, there was no pandemic that I remember. I was four, I don't remember a lot. All right, it was a wonderful time. Wrestling was at its peak. It It was very popular, indeed. However, WrestleMania 2000 has, I'm not going to beat around the bush here, one of the worst WrestleMania main events of all time in the McMahon-in-every-corner elimination fatal four-way. It's a rare case of a WrestleMania match that no one asked for. It was a WrestleMania match where the build was focused too heavily on McMahon family drama, which no one wants to see in their product take it over too much. I am not one to advocate for removing Linda McMahon from a wrestling match. I want to make that absolutely clear. If anything, Linda McMahon does our best to save this shambles of a pay-per-view. All right, but the problem with this Fatal 4-Way and indeed the problem with some of WWF at this time was it was very car crash TV. Right, they were aiming for chaos, they were aiming for that feel of anarchy. However, I would replace this Fatal 4-Way match with a much more cohesive story The ultimate bad guy in Triple H at this time, walking in as champion against the Royal Rumble winner, very, very, very popular babyface at the time, The Rock. Both of them are in this fatal four way, and both of them would have benefited much more from having a singles match. Triple H by putting him as champion in a fatal four-way, you're effectively saying, hey, this guy is not big enough yet to carry WrestleMania on his shoulders. He's not big enough yet to carry the company on his shoulders. By not putting The Rock up against him, you're not maximizing on The Rock's popularity. As a babyface. McMahon, Helmsley were a great heel duo. The Rock didn't need Vince McMahon in his corner. He didn't need Vince McMahon to betray him. Indeed, if we don't have Vince McMahon in his corner this year, if we don't have Vince McMahon in his corner betray The Rock at WrestleMania 2000, When he betrays The Rock at the next year's WrestleMania, it's much more effective because it hasn't happened two bloody years in a row. All right, so that's the key point here. And people are like, what are you going to do with Mick Foley and Big Show? Well, need I remind you that Mick Foley was meant to be bloody retired only a month earlier than this, you know, in the Hell in a Cell match with Triple H. If you insist on bringing him back, you could have Big Show do the same thing he did with the Royal Rumble finish, say, hey, I was the real winner of the Rumble. Have him lose to The Rock at No Way Out. Big Show goes on a tear, he's ruining Raw, he's disturbing Raw every week, and eventually Linda McMahon's like, I need someone who's going to stop you, I need a hero who's going to stop this towering giant who's running about the place, and just have Mick Foley versus Big Show in a hardcore match or something, something that we'd all like to see, something that'd be good fun, and something that'd be better than some of the other matches in this show. I present my case, ladies and gentlemen, there are no ladies in this show, but gentlemen, I present my case, Rock (laughs) versus Triple H, WWE title, main event of WrestleMania 2000, don't forget the year.
0: All right, thank you very much, Goat. Now I'd like to open up to Chris and Gary. Do you have any arguments you would like to put forward for the Goat in sort of dismantling his case?
2: WrestleMania 16 was a bit of a car crash, wasn't it? And I'm I'm not sure. would this would this main event have changed the show? Um, with it, I mean, it's possible that a one-on-one, you know, you know, it could have become a one-match card. And there was an incredibly flat finish to the show, wasn't it? With uh, with Vince turning on on The Rock and the heel going over. Which I think this was the first time in first WrestleMania time. history, been. yeah, yep. that the heel champion walked out the title. I can understand why Mick Foley was put back into the match because he had been through fucking hell (laughs) (laughs) the the, the things that man had done I mean he would give some members of this podcast a run for their money when it comes to actually retiring um, (laughs) as well Uh, so at least he did go for a month um, but it was a flat finish I remember watching this show live and I fell asleep and I woke up during the main event, and it was the point that JR says the Big Show was eliminated first. Of course, it was. <laughs> um, and, Socking. And our dear friend Mick Foley has also been eliminating us off. Oh, shit, does. From <laughs> there, <laughs> don't need to watch this back. But so, um, it was a, it was, it was a poor main event, and. Ironically, was it the year before as well that Stone Cold Steve Austin made the pitch for Mick Foley to be included in the main event, and then it actually got him put out of it when they went for a singles match. Mm-hmm, yeah. And this year at WrestleMania, we didn't have a uh, WrestleMania sixteen didn't have a single singles match, so it was a it was a poor show, and I I, I don't. Um, Uh, And the main event certainly didn't help, so certainly, as far as I'm concerned, the the picture the goat painted would have been a vast improvement in what we got.
1: The Bob Ross of ESSR, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, one thing I would like to say,
0: I think the one saving grace of WrestleMania 2000 was of course the triangle ladder match between Edge and Christian, the Hardys and the Dudley Boys, which is still considered one of the best WrestleMania matches ever in a lot of cases. but. but yeah, I think you you put a good point that, you know, the, the, the Fatal 4-Way is a bit convoluted. Uh, Chris, uh, do you have any additional thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think the other two, they didn't really need to be there. I think Vince seemed sort of forced into this. Um, I'm sure I've read that Big Show was sort of promised a main event when he came to the WWF, and they were sort of desperate to level him up to sort of main event level. I know he'd held the belt at this point for a day, yeah, I think they were desperately trying to like make him better. And I actually watched an interview earlier today which touched on what you were just saying there, Mick Foley explaining that he was supposed to be in the main event at WrestleMania 15 against Austin or against Austin and Rock, and then that got pulled at the last minute. So he said that Vince felt he owed him a WrestleMania main event, which is why he got it at 16. And then as well, Chris Jericho was originally supposed to be in Mick Foley's spot. And if you search, I don't know if this is still true, but I read that if you search for WrestleMania 2000 on the network, the thumbnail still has Chris Jericho in it, which I just (coughs) love. Um, That's amazing. I think we can see that Vince clearly has such a hard on for like family drama at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. like. You had him and Shane, uh, like, fighting out in this. And then you had it again at 17. And then Steph and Triple H at WrestleMania 18. And then the Hardys did their thing at WrestleMania 20. It's just like, oh, the family drama. I can't stay away from it. But, yeah, this would have made this... The thing is, though, it's very difficult to separate. I think that if you were to take this match away from this mania and and just watched it and tried to ignore the sort of family drama and just watch the match... I think that all of that with the heel uh, winning at the end, I don't think it would be that bad. But yeah. the, 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 it, is, it is tarnished by a generally bad WrestleMania. Like one of my friends, who's the same age as me, so he's been watching wrestling for a while, had never seen this until within the last year, and he watched it. and It was just like this doesn't feel like a WrestleMania. It just feels like a house show. Like even the set's mm-hmm. quite terrible as well. Mm-hmm. So um, some, of the, some of the matches were awful and thrown together. And I think one of the problems with
2: the Triple H uh, Rock. Matchup is that we had seen it so many times mm. there was one point it felt like a fucking weekly attraction
0: mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, like Cena Orton
2: <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah that, that's another
0: point I would have put forward to you Go uh, we actually mm. did get The Rock versus Triple H the following month at Backlash. Backlash. Yeah, Yeah. and we've covered this on Ross's Retro Reviews before. I've watched the full pay-per-view and it was a cracking main event. Like people would say that Backlash actually outshone WrestleMania. So my question to you is, would you rather have not just that main event, like would you have that Backlash main event as the main event of WrestleMania? Is that what you're putting forward?
1: Yes! Like, you've made my point for me. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> <I> Everything <mean, laughs> you're saying supports my argument. Yes, it was a cracking main event when we finally got to see Rock versus Triple H go one-on-one. Listen, those two, Gary, Gary says, you know, they, they faced together before. That just means they have not biology. That doesn't mean they have physics. It means they have chemistry. Ladies and gentlemen, it means they have chemistry. Rock and Triple H could tell a story uh, together in their sleep, all right, without being able to read or write. Uh, They are that good, they are that dynamic a duo. And the fact of the matter is, we didn't need Vince in this match at all. Uh, Chris makes a good point there that it might have been more palatable, actually, to have Triple H go over if it was a one-on-one encounter. I don't think that's a bad shout, but what I would say is Rock at WrestleMania. If you look at his main event record, it's not exactly stellar. Like he lost against Austin twice before he finally, you know, beat him at 19, one on one against Cena. I actually think it would have been quite good if Rock and Triple H were to go one on one to have the Rock get the big hero's victory here to defend uh, Triple H here, and then you can have Triple H win it back at Backlash and have that story play out between the two of them until you know you get Austin returning until Taker comes back. At the etc etc you know so um yeah i i just think i've made a perfect pick here dave to be perfectly honest with
0: (laughs) i mean it's a a solid opening argument to say the least and uh obviously it was it wasn't the greatest wrestlemania of all time hopefully your arguments made it a little bit better so let's move on to our our next match and i'll turn my attention to you gary so gary what do you have as you as the mania match that you think should have happened
2: I'm going way back in time to WrestleMania 8, um, and actually the story of what should have been the main event of WrestleMania 8 started in August of 1991 on the funeral parlour of all things, all places, which is when Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, came out with the big gold belt and cut a promo about how the real world's champion was coming to WWF and he talked smack about Hogan and he talked smack about Rowdy Roddy Piper who was on commentary and Piper interrupted the funeral parlor and came over and got in uh, Heena's face it's, if, if you've not seen it, it's on YouTube go and check it out, it's brilliant uh, he, ended, he ended up spitting on the big gold belt as well And the following week week or so later, Ric Flair made his debut on prime time wrestling of all shows. And there's a great bit of this out with Bobby the Brain Heenan is walking through the backstage area and he's nervous and excited about Ric Flair coming in. He's shouting at all the stagehands, telling them to do something. (laughs) <laughs> stand up and do something he shouts at one guy in on his way through because uh, the real world champion was coming and Ric Flair's appearance that night, I mean nobody would be introduced in this way now but I know he cut a great promo as well so for a lot of the audience that would be watching Ric Flair that night, they wouldn't have known who the hell this guy was because they wouldn't necessarily have been WCW fans but the wrestling community would have been excited by. him So he cut his great promo but again he targeted Hogan and he also targeted Piper. And I thought that was really clever. And I've not seen that sort of debut angle happen and remember I memories of kind of something similar when Chris Jericho debuted. He, he obviously interrupted The Rock, but then quickly had other sort of people that he was rubbing up against then. Um, so that, that, I found that particularly entertaining and fu- I'm, I'm going into this backstory a wee bit here because I think it's important for laying the groundwork here. So we then move on t- to the funeral parlor again on the 21st of September 1991 where Rip Flair was the guest in the funeral parlor and he cuts a promo again uh, calling out Hogan, calling out Piper, but... Um, one of my favourite moments in this is in the episode of uh, Superstars of Wrestling when Ric Flair was supposed to take on that household name, Mark
1: Thomas. Do you remember him, Go, Mark Thomas is a, a dear personal friend um, yeah. and I wish his family nothing but the best. <laughs> so the match never it never ended up
2: taking place because on the way to the ring, uh, Flair seen paper and commentary and went over and started slapping him in the back of the head and they ended up getting physical at one point and Vince McMahon tries to break up and Vince gets hit with a chair a wooden chair of all things as well it was brilliant but the reason I mention this is Ric Flair is coming to rest there he had amazing heat you know and all he's done so far is cut some promos mm. Um and it was clear here what was going on is he was about to go into a short-term feud with Piper whilst building towards the main the match at WrestleMania 8. And what we were looking at then is an eight-month build, to this match, the face of WCW versus the face of WWF in a dream match. There. And Flair continued to be featured quite strongly here at Survivor Series 91. He was the sole survivor and an all-star match uh, well largely all-star match at Survivor Series it had Bret Hart the British Bulldog Roddy Piper Teddy Biossi eh, Ric Flair Virgil was there uh, and the Mountie and the Warlord Matt so, Thomas I mean the last three of them take away from the all-star bit of it but there was a, <laughs> a pretty good line-up there he of course won the Royal Rumble that year, and you know an Iron Man effort, the likes of which we hadn't seen uh, before. And actually, in February of that year, WWF announced on television, and they had the graphic and everything made up for Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair in the main event of WrestleMania Eight. But then along the way, you know, the minds were changed and we ended up going with this double main event. Psycho Sid, or Sid Justice at the time, versus Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair. Um, She was damaged goods was the angle that ended up coming out of that. She was mines before she was yours, as Ric Flair refers to Miss Elizabeth. Then the school of thought at the time was... He was largely two arguments that I think exist there. One was Hulk Hogan was leaving to go and do Thunder in Paradise and he didn't or he refused to put Rip Flair over. Or well, the other school of thought is um, that they'd had a house show on apparently eight house shows um, and the results were a wee bit disappointing so they decided not to go with that as the main event and therefore we didn't, you know, I'm not sure what one the truth is. Nobody seems to know. Hogan and Flair tell different stories to it. Um, we never got the match. Uh, we had to wait to 1994 to, I think, bash of the beach at WCW. That was Hogan's first feud when arriving at WCW. So, you know, uh, the minute that he arrived there, WCW at least seen the money in that match and went for it straight away. So, for all those reasons, you know, an eight month build, all of these seeds that were planted to get there and then a last minute change of direction meant that Hulk Hogan and Rip Flair were not to, to come together at WrestleMania 8.
0: Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite a, quite an interesting one given, you know, there were so many changes at the last minute. Um Goat, do you have a? Uh, do you remember how this mania actually ended? It's uh, it was sort of overshadowed with that infamous Papa Shango botch, and then yeah. like, Justice kicking out the leg drop when he
1: when I, he shouldn't have. It was the DQ finish, wasn't it? And I think yeah. um, to, my first point with all of this w- would have been I think that it would have been more palatable the way things worked out if. Rick Flair and Macho Man had finished the pay-per-view and went on last rather than Hogan and Sid um, because uh, Flair and Savage is a dream match on its own for me you know there are two work rate guys in an era where work rate wasn't really important Uh, clearly it was the longest match in this card as well uh, by quite quite a considerable distance Um, then Gary already brought up the point about the house show circuit that is a story that's went around for years and I think it's Hogan who more pedals that I'm not one to believe Hulk Hogan about many things um, so I'm going to you know (laughs) I'm not going to use that as evidence against Gary the only point I have against it is I do think the way things worked out like I said would have been better if the matches had been reversed. I also agree with what Gary's saying. I think Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair um, at WrestleMania just sounds right. You know, when you look at the pantheon of talents that Hogan main evented against at WrestleMania, Ric Flair would not look out of place in that list whatsoever. In fact, we'd probably be looking at that as one of the most iconic manias of all time, because you've got to remember with Hogan and Dave and Oit were saying about the end of this match not being that great. We never really enjoyed Hulk Hogan matches for the matches themselves. We enjoyed them because of the build-up. We enjoyed them because of the star power. We enjoyed them because of the spectacle. And Hogan versus Flair undeniably would bring all of those things together uh, and would be a worthy WrestleMania main event. I and Chris, this was the
0: the year that, you know, Rick Flair also won the Royal Rumble and cut that that now famous uh, tear in my eye promo, like did this truly have all the makings of a potential clash with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania?
3: Yeah, I, I'm i still like baffled to this day that this never happened. Like they, obviously, as you mentioned, they dabbled in the house tours. When they got to this in WCW, they were both in their 40s, I think by this point. They did it again in Australia and in TNA, by which point they were all way, 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 way too old. <laughs> um, WCW wasn't even as big as it would be in later years when the match happened so it was just a bit wasted the only reason and I have very little argument against this match happening the only reason I would argue against it is they did have quite different match styles Mm -hmm. like if you think about it Hogan was all about defeating the bad guy and it would normally be in a short match you know, big leg Match over. Flair, on the other hand, was doing the territory match style of like brutal 45-minute matches, blood all over his face, like coming out just on top with like a quick pinfall or figure four at the end of the match. The the main thing is I I wish to convey my support for this match by telling people to watch the funeral parlor segment where they actually come face to face, which I actually watched like 10 minutes before we came on and wrote down Rick Flair's promo because I feel like people just didn't speak to Hogan like this at this time. Flair said you know how long I've had to listen to you talk about the 24 inch pythons don't be ashamed of those butterflies you've got rumbling in your stomach because big man I just burst that bubble you've been living in and I'm here on your doorstep with the real world championship belt and then he ends it and he briefly and in terrible quality that you can watch on like daily motion and things like that. He holds up the WWF championship in one hand and the WCW belt in his other. And it's absolutely mental. Like the fact that they couldn't cash in on this, like the fact that obviously both men's egos were just too big to do it makes me so mad. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, wish, desperately wish this could have happened because even like I've watched that Bash of the Beach match it is not very good it does not fill me with the excitement that watching this promo did
1: so it's a shame like
3: it was even set up like rick flair wins the rumble what like with hogan getting faffed out at the end hogan complains that he didn't get a fair shot and then they fight again at mania hogan beats flair like hogan would be happy with that flair probably wouldn't be but pay him money till he is
0: <laughs> i think we would all just benefit if uh, if that match did happen at the time so yeah uh, yeah, thank you, Gary. That was a, a very good, uh, very good selection there. Now, Chris, your first match uh, for what you would have liked to have seen at WrestleMania?
3: Yeah. Um, now, Gary fought for a match between the two biggest icons in wrestling, and. I basically want a match with the other two biggest icons of the sort of modern era. Fistar
1: <laughs> and Matt Thomas. Fistar <laughs> R- and Matt Thomas.
3: Mr. R- the, they guy. are headlining this year's <laughs> WrestleMania. But um, yeah, I mean, there is one overlap here. I want a match with Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 18 in 2002. Ooh. The best thing is, is that the run up to WrestleMania 18. Almost nothing has to change. And I can I can put this together in four weeks, guys. So if imagine if you'll imagine, the NWO still debut at No Way Out 2002. You've got Hall, Nash, and Hollywood Hogan. They do that brilliant promo at the start of the pay-per-view at No Way Out 2002. They give Stone Cold the six pack of beers, which he throws over his shoulder. They still interrupt Stone Cold's title match with Chris Jericho. They still cost him the match. Chris Jericho is still champion. The next night on Raw is four weeks till Mania. So as happened, Austin complains, gets arrested, and as he's getting taken away, the NWO are like, ha ha ha, look at the state of you. Then later that night, all three guys still beat down on the rock, but this time, Kevin Nash is driving that big semi-truck that runs him over. Smackdown that week, nwo do their prepared statement thing that they did where they're apologizing austin still crashes the party and instead of chasing away scott hall he chases away hulk hogan next week on raw three weeks to instead of scott hall hitting stone cold with that cinder block which is like one of the worst remembered things because the cinder block looks like it's made out of like the dust that comes out of your hoover um, <laughs> so stone cold returns from getting arrested he challenges hulk hogan to a match at wrestlemania Hogan tells Austin that he'll tell him later that night. Now, Austin gets in the ring after the main event, which in real life, he beat Mr. Perfect clean. So that all stays how it did. He's complaining. He says, Hogan, I want your answer and I want it now. Hogan appears on the ramp and he goes to speak to Austin on the mic. And before he does it, Austin is attacked from behind by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Hogan then slowly walks down the ramp towards Austin, gets in the ring and says, I'm not facing you at WrestleMania. I'm facing you next week on Raw. Smackdown that week, Hogan comes out and he hypes up their match. I don't know if you remember, but from around this time, Hogan went on Smackdown and put out this video package that was his whole career and it looked excellent. So that leads us into the Raw two weeks before Mania. The whole night just centers around Hogan and Austin that night. Austin hits the ring. He does his whole entrance he's standing in the ring waiting to fight hogan and then the nwo appear on the ramp all three of them and hogan says you're not just facing me tonight as it's a gauntlet match you have to beat scott hall first kevin nash second and then you get me so stone Cold defeats scott hall but it's very scrappy and he barely gets by him and then as a dismantled austin goes to face kevin nash he's hit by scott hall from behind and just as it looks like kevin nash will go to pin austin The Rock returns from the car crash, hits the ring, attacks Kevin Nash, helps Austin pin Nash, before Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and The Rock all brawl away from the ring. Austin gets up and bam, this time with a decent-looking cinder block. (laughs) Hulk Hogan hits Austin, he drags him in the ring, doesn't pin him, so the match ends in a no contest, and Hogan says, your ass is mine at WrestleMania. Smackdown that week, The Rock challenges Kevin Nash, Somehow, that's not my problem. (laughs) And then the next draw, (laughs) six days before Mania, we have the exact same match that happened. The Rock and Stone Cold versus the NWO, three on two handicap match. Watched it today, by the way, really fun match. Um, Hogan only ends up in the match for about 20 seconds against each of The Rock and Austin. Nash and Hall basically do all the work. And then the match finishes the exact same way. Hulk Hogan pins The Rock clean after a big leg. The NWO stand tall over Rock Uh, and Austin again and we're set for mania The Rock and Kevin Nash and Stone Cold versus Hulk Hogan then on the final Smackdown they do some sort of daft face to face but that's how (laughs) I would book it (laughs) oh you
0: tell a a very good story there Uh, Go. I'd like to ask you obviously Rock Hogan was the match we ended up getting Uh and it it wasn't even considered the main event when a lot of people thought it should have been Mm. Uh, do you think And I want to present this to you as well, Chris. Uh, If you were to have Austin versus Hogan,
1: would you have that as the main event of WrestleMania 18? Well, yes, but I would also have The Rock versus Hogan as the main event of WrestleMania 18. You know, so we're dealing with hypotheticals here, to understand, but the thing with Chris's pitch is that it's brilliant. And obviously, it's a tragedy that Austin versus Hogan never ended up happening. In a big stage in a WWE ring. It's a match that everyone wanted to see. However, what I would say comparing this to mine and even Gary's is I replaced a bad match with what could have been a good match. Gary replaced two maybe underwhelming matches with a better match. Chris has got a really good match he's putting in place here, but it's replacing one of the most iconic moments in WrestleMania history, which is Rock versus Hogan. And I think therein lies the problem in that we would love to see Hogan versus Austin, two icons of a generation, but equally, Rock versus Hogan was that same level. And I think it was a shame that Austin had to face Holland that night because that's not a WrestleMania match for Austin. That's not some a position he should be, that's not a match that should be happening. But neither is Rock versus Kevin Nash. You know, so for me it's a case of tomato tomato in this instance, even though I do concede that I would have loved to have seen Austin versus Hogan at WrestleMania, you know.
3: Chris, do you have any rebuttal for that? Yeah, so the way we would get around that is I'd point out that you had more time with the Rock than you did Austin. Austin at this point had what a year left until he was wrapped up against the rock a year later so my thought process is we have to get austin in a ring with hogan as quick as possible because pretty soon he's going to decide he doesn't want to wrestle anymore and the reason i booked it the way i did is because i thought well you can get a better story out of kevin nash and the rock because kevin nash you know they mentioned it really briefly in this three on two handicap match can play on the fact that kevin Nash was a significant wwf champion earlier in his career the rock probably has came nowhere near kevin nash in terms of days as champion worked into the storyline somehow i basically thought the way that you could do this is after this match have rock and hogan eventually happen maybe later on in this period of time we have that championship um period where it just bounces about i think it goes triple h hogan Taker, Taker Rock. Yeah. Uh, and then before ending up at Lesnar um, at SummerSlam, I thought, why not have Rock versus Hogan at Summerslam? But for the belt, which I know you know is not a Summerslam level match, it's definitely a Mania level match, or have it the following years, at WrestleMania, something like that. I figured yeah. that the Rock the Rock has longer in his career to have this match with Hogan, as does Lesnar to have his match with Rock, if that all make sense. A lot of pieces yeah. have to shuffle about and I know that. To get this match, we'd have to give up one of the best in WrestleMania history. There's no doubt about that. But I think it has it has that potential to to fill up um, to fill the boots of the Rock versus Hogan match. Mm. Uh, Gary, do you wish to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris paints a brilliant picture, and you can see the story playing out there. And it's hard to think of you know the match that was Rock and uh, Hogan it's hard to try and think of that not happening and actually what that set was a standard that followed uh, for other non-title matches to be the main event at Mania so that had to happen in that place for some of the things that happened further down the line. I think Chris's point is a good one to say you know when you have Austin and Hogan why is one of your first thoughts not to put them together? And this is what is so great about this discussion and this topic, is actually in this case we'll never know the answer because they have never got in the ring together. One might think they might be a wee bit oil and water um, uh, in terms of the ring style because they were both brawlers, whereas The Rock had more you know more in his arsenal and was probably more uh, physically capable to bump around for Hogan and than Austin might have been. Mm-hmm. But we'll just, we'll never know. So on paper, you look at it, you think that should have been a match that happened at Mania. But again, like the argument I was making, for whatever reason, WWF decided not to go with it. And I don't know why. Maybe they thought they could get to it. Further down the line, that obviously turned out not to be the case. Maybe uh, the egos of both men would have meant that them doing business wouldn't have been conducive. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like such
1: a missed opportunity not to have had it It's Mm -hmm. funny that that's the second time show someone said the egos of both men when Hogan is one of the two men it's the egos of it's the ego of Hogan (laughs) you know and that's the same argument I'd probably make for both of of the other matches proposed is that yeah they sound like good matches on paper but wait till Hogan gets his greedy eagle ridden hands in them you know what I mean and see they're still dream matches by the India you know at least at least, (laughs) at least Rock and Triple A Nature. for the most part, decent human beings. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So, um, again, thanks for that, Chris. It's, uh, again, another great selection. Uh, but obviously, I'm going to have to pick a winner for this first half of who put forward the best case. And I'm a little bit torn, actually, uh, because uh, I have to say it, Chris, I'm afraid the GOAT picked your argument apart pretty, pretty well when he said you're actually replacing a good match with, uh, with just as good a match. And I think that's kind of what lets your your argument down a bit. Whereas he cleverly pointed out that he's actually replacing a bad match with a good match. And then in some contexts, Gary's kind of doing the same, whereas Hogan Said wasn't as much as impactful as Hogan Flair could have been. So in this instance, Chris, I'm going to Hogan Said was shit. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what
1: Hogan saying. Said, Hogan I'm saying. As I'm saying, yeah, Hogan Said was rubbish. That classic, <laughs> don't let anyone tell you otherwise Dave. Right. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. It's meant it, was, it wasn't great, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, on that basis, Chris, I'm going to have to dismiss your argument on on this one. So I'm kind of stuck between Goat and Gary in this one. So I'm going to give you each 30 seconds to give, yourself, give yourselves each a final rebuttal as to why your argument for your match is better than the other person. Goat, I'll start with you.
1: I would have had a clean finish in my match, it would have been a finish that made sense as to what they wanted to do with the storyline going forward. Hogan was leaving, Flair ended up leaving not too long after. You would not have had a clean finish to Hogan versus Flair, because as Gary's already pointed out, both of them would not have wanted to do business for the other. Your WrestleMania main event would have ended the same way that Hogan said did, in an absolute omni-shambles. Case over, my friend. All
0: right, uh, Gary, 30 seconds. Why is your argument better than the GOATS? Go.
2: This was a chance to catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, Triple H and ROCK happened on almost a weekly basis. They even headlined some of the great UK-based pay-per-views. Uh, this match had never been seen before. It would have been the first time ever. Two of the biggest icons in the wrestling industry coming together. And the forum and spectacle that it deserves. I rest my case.
0: Right on, right on time as well. So, yeah, okay. I think I've made my decision for this uh, this first argument. And what seals it for me is that this would have been a match that we would never have seen before. Whereas Rock Triple H, you know, has been more common more frequently. It's just being put on a pedestal on that grand scale. So for the purposes of that same level of grandeur and that it would be a first time ever historic, uh, I'm gonna have to give the argument to Gary on this one. And I think Hogan, Hogan versus Flair at WrestleMania A is a match that should have happened at WrestleMania. Uh, so, I'd like to take this section now to go over some listener input. We've had some listener feedback about what they think should have taken place at WrestleMania. Firstly, thank you to everybody who's put comments in. We've had some from the listeners and some from other members of the podcast as well. Uh, Scott McLeod, Saturday Draft Live co-host, has mentioned one that's already been brought up. Uh, He thinks that WrestleMania 15 should have had The Rock versus Mankind versus Stone Cold. uh, And it would have helped... The, the build for rock for rock the austin two le- years later it had been their first singles match at mania 17. so yeah you guys mentioned it before like mick foley said he was meant to be in there but for some reason or another it didn't happen so that's where scott's argument comes in uh, robert michael say also said rock versus triple h at mania 2000 the the events after that showed that this was the real main event feud that didn't need the four corners match or all the mcmahons Anthony Fitzpatrick says uh, it's pretty surprising we didn't get Triple H vs Shawn Michaels in a singles match at Mania. It probably would have happened at Mania 17 if Shawn was able to compete. Again, another, another good argument. Uh, best tag team partner in Saturday Night Live history, Robert Shaw, also agrees with Gary that Hulk Hogan Flair should have happened at WrestleMania 8, two biggest names in the business at the time and arguably to this day. He can only summarise that the match was discussed, but maybe couldn't agree on things, most likely due to Hogan and creative control. They obviously did do it in WCW, but it's definitely a match that should have happened in, and I quote, McMahonland. Robert Lime also says, uh, as a second option, he also said Hogan v. Flair at Mania 8, so great minds thinking alike here in this case. Uh, But one that's actually came up, and I'd like to sort of, you know, open this out to all you guys here. Daniel Campbell... Producer of Quiz Showdown and many other of our YouTube content, he's gone with uh, quite an interesting choice of Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels for the World yeah, Heavyweight yeah. Championship at WrestleMania 22. Uh, word is that this was the planned main event before Eddie Guerrero's untimely pla- untimely passing, uh, but instead we obviously get Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon in a street fight or a no holds barred match, something similar, and then the World Heavyweight Championship was in the Angle Orton Mysterio triple threat. So Uh, Chris, I'd like to start with you. What do you think it would have meant for WrestleMania 22 had we been able to see Eddie Guerrero versus Shawn Michaels in a world title match?
3: Yeah, I think if, I mean, you mentioned at the top of the show that this was a bit like the Attitude Era MVP show, and I made my argument that night for Eddie Guerrero being one of the Attitude Era MVPs. I think this is the most difficult match to argue against because there's absolutely no reason that it wouldn't have happened. I wrote in my notes, I'm just fully supporting of this match. The only thing that wouldn't have happened would have been Shawn Michaels versus Vince. That was just a you know classic Vince brawl I mean it did lead to the reformation of DX kind of because that's where the first crotch chop came in Mm -hmm. but it just uh, I mean Shawn Michaels and Vince could have happened to any mania before that one or after that one so there was no need for that match to happen then uh, I don't know if it would have been good enough to main event but I think it would have been phenomenal and I'm very sad that it never got to happen actually before we came on tonight as well also watched John Michaels sort of parting words to Eddie Guerrero where he said that they were both born again Christians they never got to wrestle together but they shared a quite close friendship towards the end of Eddie Guerrero's life and that they would wrestle on the the actual grandest stage of them all and it made me a bit emotional it's such a shame that this never got to happen they they would have worked so well together they have such two both have brilliant styles that would have worked really well together. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, go it's actually common knowledge that Eddie Guerrero was actually planned to win the World Heavyweight Championship from Batista, literally, I think it was the week before before he passed away, and that he would carry the title through Survivor Series and all the way to to WrestleMania so that Batista could deal with the uh, with uh, recovering from history. Nah. Uh Do you reckon, if that booking were to happen all the way to Mania, do you think Shawn Michaels could have actually won his third Royal Rumble that year?
1: Yes, uh, very much. So, Um, listen. This was the first WrestleMania I ever watched uh, as a fan. Uh, It was WrestleMania 22. So, I'm fond of the uh, the matches that Chris brought up. I'll think the Vince versus Shawn match is actually quite an underrated uh, little holds barred match in that card. And it's too well about his world title reign. But I think the triple threat did elevate Mysterio. To a main event status he never had. You know, it led to him being a bigger star internationally uh, than he probably ever would have been had that not happened. Having said that, you bring up the matter of main event, I think Cena versus Triple H would still have main evented anyway, Uh, like Chris said. Guerrero versus Michaels is. Nothing short. A dream match gets thrown around a lot, but it's nothing short of a dream match. Any of those two could have played heel or babyface. Uh, any of those two could have walked out with the the championship, and it wouldn't have damaged the other. They were two perfect wrestlers, um, who I'm huge fans of. And like Chris said, there's not many negatives that you can put on the match like this. Um, I would have just really enjoyed to see it as a fan. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and Gary I think GOAT sort of echoes all our thoughts on this but uh, had this match happened you know as it probably should have done before you know unfortunate unfortunate circumstances uh, do you think this match could have possibly gone down as the greatest match of all time that never happened?
2: Oh, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, who wouldn't want to see this match? And we know that the two of them would have would have tore tore the house down. They would have pulled out all the stops to have a great a great match. Um, and if they had the story going into it as well, the title on the line. I mean, what what could have been? Who I mean, who would not wanted to see this
1: match? Mm-hmm. I did have yeah. some spots that I thought of uh, that just to paint a picture for us all. Uh, imagine Michael's going for the sweet chim music and the ref's down, Eddie just counters with a big low blow when the referee can't see it. That'd be amazing. Imagine he hits two of the three amigos, but before he can swivel, swivel up for the last one, Shawn Michaels just does a kip up uh, and Eddie Guerrero just looks at him like, what the hell? And what a finish it would be if Guerrero went for the frog splash, but out of midair Michaels manages to get up and hit sweet chim music for the victory. Oh, you know, like the the, the Shelton spot. Kinda of like the Shelton spot, yeah. That's the type of things we could have seen, man, and it would have oh. been, it would have been absolutely
0: fantastic. Can you imagine those two characters going at it as well? Like the old light cheat and steel. If he tries that at WrestleMania, like the audience would be up in arms about it.
3: Yeah. yeah. I'd add as well mental. if you look at the sort of matches you got between Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle, and basically the combination of all those, and just how when you get these technical wrestlers in the ring together, it just worked out so well. Yeah, I think I think David you might be right. I think this might be the the match that it was definitely one that could have like came closest to happening. Mm-hmm. Definitely a massive shame that it didn't. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, so let's move into our second half now, and you've each got one more match to present. Hopefully, can Gaddy make it two in a row, or is it going to be swept away by either Chris or the Goat? So I'm going to go in a slightly different order now. I'm going to start with Chris in this half, given that you know I. Um, I feel like I've dismissed his argument in the first half, but let's see if he can pull it back with this one. So Chris,
3: floor is yours. Yep, incorrectly dismissed as well, but (laughs) never you mind, we're into round two now. Um, I want to talk about WrestleMania 29 in 2013. Mm -hmm. It was the year of twice in a lifetime with The Rock and John Cena, and I think a lot of people think that this match really paled in comparison to their first one. So I'd like to augment it just a little bit, and I'd like to make this match the Rock versus John Cena versus the man on my t-shirt right now, CM Punk. Ooh. Now, we don't, again, we don't have to adjust that much to make this match happen. So let me take you through it. John Cena still wins the Royal Rumble, and later that night, the Shield still get involved in the main event, attacking the Rock during his title match with CM Punk. But in keeping with the stipulation, which was the Shield couldn't get involved in any way. The match isn't restarted because we don't see The Shield attacking The Rock, which is what happened in real life. Vince just came out in real life and said, No, no, I'm sure they were there. The lights were out, but I'm sure it was them. Which doesn't really fly with me with the end of the best title run in wrestling history. So next month, Elimination Chamber, CM Punk is still your WWE Champion. Now with The Shield banned from ringside somehow, The Rock gets his last shot at CM Punk. If CM Punk wins this title match, The Rock has to retire. Now imagine the WWE dining out on The Rock's potential retirement for the whole month between Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber. However, clean as a whistle, he defeats CM Punk to win the WWE Championship and somewhere Chris Murray cries. as he did at the Royal Rob. No, I didn't, I promise. Uh, I was just very sad. Uh, the next night on Raw, we have the exact same thing happened as what did happen. The Rock comes out, reveals his new, The Rock style, WWE Championship, no longer Cena'd up to his eyeballs. Then John Cena comes out, he challenges him face to face. They put up the graphic, Cena versus Rock 2, all looks beautiful. But then in the celebration, CM Punk comes out as well, as he did. But instead of saying to John Cena, no, I'm the number one contender, he instead says to The Rock, I'm cashing in my rematch clause. I'm inserting myself into the match at WrestleMania. I mean, he's contractually allowed to. He's got a rematch clause in his contract for the matches when they happen, meaning it's The Rock versus John Cena versus CM Punk at WrestleMania 29. Now, I don't want to adjust that much in the match. The Rock will still win. No, sorry, John Cena will still win. He'll still (laughs) pin. The Rock to win the WWE Championship, but with every great triple threat match, there always needs to be someone who comes in with nothing and then also leaves with nothing, but that person's rewarded by being the sort of workhorse in the match. If you look at Chris Benoit, Triple H and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Twenty, uh, When Benoit beats Triple H for the belt, Shawn Michaels do- does a lot of the work in the match. He does that amazing moonsault off top rope that just looked brilliant. Then if you look at another one of the best triple threats of all time, The Rock versus Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker. The Rock beats The Undertaker for the belt, but again, Kurt Angle's your workhorse. So in this one, CM Punk goes in without the belt. He leaves without the belt as well, but he carries The Rock and John Cena to the best main event possible. The Rock's body literally failed him in this match (laughs) in real life, and we almost never seen him again. So instead, John Cena pins The Rock, and the wrestling world continues exactly as it did to this day. Maybe... Even just maybe, CM Punk doesn't walk away from the WWE in disgust because he finally got the WrestleMania main event that he felt he so earned. Mm. So that's my argument.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a very, very solid argument. One glaring question that I have about your WrestleMania booking is the what was deemed to be the best match that night was Undertaker versus CM Punk. Who would you have facing The Undertaker instead?
3: Well, see, that's the thing. The Undertaker around this time had the op- like he was sort of in that place where he could face anybody and he could probably have a good match with them. And I don't have issue with CM Punk versus the Undertaker as such, because as you said, it was a really good match. But I have an issue with the fact that, do you remember how he won? How like he earned that match? It was just like a a four-way to face the Undertaker match, which I thought was a wee bit weird. And I'd kind of like that to be stricken from the wrestling history. So I'd, I don't know who I'd have, uh, but you know. I don't need to rebook the whole mania. I just need to rebook the match that I want to change.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would. I would actually help Chris out with that. There, um, I think you solve one problem with another. Uh, to quote Hamilton, um, and you take Chris Jericho out of a match he wasn't happy to be in against Fandango, and we have Undertaker versus Jericho at Mania, which would have been just as good, probably.
3: Yeah, because I'm sure I actually read something recently. It was in one of these wrestling historian websites that said that Chris Jericho and Undertaker based each other on Smackdown I think around 2008-ish for yeah. the first time ever and they both were like this is amazing so they <laughs> would have loved the idea of working with each other at that many. I'm sure
1: yeah and listen Dave I can't there's, I just need to hope doing this half that I make a really good argument for a really good match because there's not much that I can say against Chris because I 100% agree with him I think that that second match between Rock and Cena was basically the first, um, it's a finisher fest, it's not anything special, it was hard to get excited about it, one of the most underwhelming uh, manias of all time. Punk at this time was red hot, the fans would have found it more palatable, him wasn't it The Rock if we knew that he was going to be a main event, It's undeniably would have made for a better match. I'm happy he said that Cena still went over by pinning the Rock because that sets up several storyline possibilities down the road. Like I said, you can put Jericho in that spot against Undertaker um, and we would be absolutely fine with that. It would all absolutely be sound. Yeah, it's a great pitch and I would also predict it probably would have led to Punk not walking out of the WWE uh, when he did
0: and we wouldn't have we as the the wrestling fans wouldn't have to put up with that massive lie that was once in a lifetime (laughs) exactly yeah okay Uh, well uh, that's excellent Chris and I have to say uh, a part of me did want that match to happen myself so I think I think you're sort of tugging at my heartstrings here with that one
3: (laughs) I think I would never really considered it until CM Punk literally just came out and was like and I really wanted this match to happen and I was like oh yeah So did I.
1: (laughs) Made sense. Made sense.
0: All right. So, uh, GOAT, uh, what's your second match for what should have happened?
1: Cast your mind back to 2018. There was no pandemic. Wrestling was at a hot streak. Everyone was happy. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But there were two people who were very much not happy. And there were two people who were very much not being used to the fullest potential on the WWE roster. And I am, of course, talking about Sasha Banks and Bayley. Let's go back to the Elimination Chamber of that year. The first ever women's Elimination Chamber Gets down to the final three. it's Alexa Bliss, it's Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Uh, and Sasha Banks decides that she is Scar from the Lion King, and decides to push Bailey off of the pod. Long live the King, etc., etc. saying be prepared in your best, you know, uh, voice that you can. Um, but following that, Dave, if you go to Sasha Banks Wikipedia as I did today, there's not much. <laughs> like, there's not much there. They actually just leave out a huge, huge chunk till June, till WWE decides to actually do something that story that they set up at the Elimination Sean they did not do anything except put them into a pre-show battle royal, which neither of them ended up winning. That is wasted potential, that is a waste of your talent, that is a waste of a good story and it is a waste of a good match. With Chris, he's talking about Punk, he had a good match against Undertaker. These two ladies were not given the chance to have a good match against anyone because they were put into a multi-man scenario. You had the seeds there. I don't need to do booking. The booking was done for me and they dropped the ball. Sasha versus Bailey speaks for itself. It's been a good match every single time it's happened. It does not affect the story going forward either because you have this match at Mania almost like a Ray Eddy Feud kinda, like heel-face dynamic you could play about with. You can still have them reunite, you can still have them win the women's tag belts, you can still have uh, the Summer of the Golden Role Models uh, into into last year. That all can stay. But we'd also have a gem of a women's WrestleMania match between Sasha and Bailey. and I'm calling sexism on the fact that it didn't happen because they already had two women's title matches on the card and a mixed tag match on the card. And Gary Hernan's on this panel, who also says that women's matches do not need to revolve around a championship. They can stand on the back of a good story. I could be here all day saying this. Sasha versus Bailey should have happened at WrestleMania 34, and uh, there's literally no other argument against that. I had a United States championship match. In fact, Dave, you'll love this. Jinder Mahal wouldn't have been on the main card of WrestleMania. How do you like them apples?
0: (laughs) You know what? I think I'm... uh I'll take that point on board but Gary, uh, the GOAT's calling you out about, the,
2: about a potential Sasha-Bailey match, uh, do you have any response to that? No, I think this is a, a squandered storyline and I'm absolutely gutted that Bailey and Sasha won't get the chance uh, to perform together at WrestleMania. I thought that was the direction of travel that this current storyline that they were in was off on and I mean the, the work the two of them have done this past year um, I think their storyline deserved the big blow off at Mania, um, Mania 38, that is, yeah, no, 37. 37, yeah. yeah. 37, the, one, seven.
1: the one coming up.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, I think they deserved that uh, that big moment, and you know, I've said it time and time again, the women's storylines are to, to revolve too much around the championship. We need more personal issues uh, amongst amongst them. So yes, um, you know, uh, going back historically, I, I'd love the face Bailey going up against a heel Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bailey's heel turn broke my heart in so many ways. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, but go. I have a question for you. Uh, okay. I think we're sort of going back to the process of repeating matches that were that were great, you know, from from years ago and we've seen it quite a few times, like in case, you know, you were arguing Triple H and The Rock before, uh, mm-hmm. so what is it about the, a Sasha Bailey match at WrestleMania that differs from arguably, which was one of the best women's matches ever at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which in, a, in WWE's eyes was often seen as the developmental brand. for a good while. Like, what makes it about WrestleMania that they should have their match there as opposed to down on NXT when they had just as probably one of the best matches ever?
1: It was a developmental brand. You said it yourself. I love NXT, but there is no denying that WrestleMania is a bigger stage than NXT TakeOver. That's a a fact and it's not derogatory to NXT. They had two excellent pay-per-view matches down in NXT. I'm not taking away from the quality of those at all, but to a larger audience, to the mainstream WWE audience, up until this point, they had never got to see Bailey versus Sasha Banks one-on-one in the way it should be done in a big stage. So in that sense, it is the first time ever, because it hadn't happened in the main roster, and it's a completely different thing. And at this point, Sasha Banks was an established star. She had already been in title matches at WrestleMania, at this stage in the game. Bailey had already been in title matches at Mania at this stage in the game. It was a match made in heaven. And in the end, they were forced into the hell, to the purgatory that was the Women's Battle Royal, which they were going to call the Moolah Battle Royal. And thank God they changed that as well. (laughs) Uh, Chris, you got anything to add on this potential sasha Bailey
0: clash, which should have happened years ago?
3: So I I don't have any problems with it happening. Um, I think they would have had a great match together. I think they've had a bunch of great matches together in the past. Here's my issue with it, though. I really, really liked WrestleMania 34. Like I said at the time, at the end of the night, I was like, that's the best WrestleMania I've probably seen since about 19 or maybe 17, which I know is a big deal. Um, I think the Universal title match was the only thing that really let the whole card down. Now, I actually enjoyed that match so much that when I found out I had of david telling us there that you wanted to talk about this match i was like well i don't know what i would bump for this like you mentioned the united states title match but that's you saying you don't have randy orton on the wrestlemania card and then i'm looking through it and i'm like the intercontinental title triple threat match i loved charlotte flair versus asuka is like my favorite wrestlemania match of pretty much all time and um, mentioned the united states title match the uh, ronda rousey match was amazing even if you bump the smackdown tag team title match i think it saves you like two minutes um, John Cena versus Undertaker was like this brilliant flurry of action. Uh, Debry's return. Alexa Bliss had her match with Nia Jax, which was like her finally getting her comeuppance. AJ Styles is amazing. Uh, the Bar versus Braun Strowman. Well, yeah, maybe again you could bump that, but that had so much build up with Braun Strowman talking about his tag team partner. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't have room for this match on WrestleMania. Like, and it did not need to be any longer than it was. I would have just been crying by the end so so that's the only issue i i don't think i would have forced this on had it gone like four minutes and you know not been as well received as the one they had in nxt mm-hmm. like a match the, the match that david wants i don't think they have room for at wrestlemania
1: i think i would argue you can bump both the smackdown title match you can bump the US title match and have a good chunk of time there. You're talking about Randy Orton not being at WrestleMania, but at the end of the day, what was Randy Orton in 2018? You know, Randy Orton's done a good job of rebuilding himself since then, but this might have been the kick up the backside he needed to maybe a bit earlier uh, to pre- start performing at a higher level. Um, and at the end of the day as well, like, I like the Usos, I like the New Day, um, and I like the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, God rest uh, Brody Lee. Um, however, the, it, that was not a WrestleMania match to me either. I'm sorry. Um Sasha versus Bailey. those are both bigger stars than any of the aforementioned names that I've said there in 2018, before talking about the context of the time.
0: Yeah, fair play, fair play. Now we're a little bit pressed for time, so I'm going to get Gary to uh, give us his second match. And it is uh, a revision of what is considered to be an absolute classic. Uh, one match show
2: one match Wrestlemania Gary absolutely mine's is uh, the rematch that should have happened at Wrestlemania 13 the rematch from Wrestlemania 12 the Iron Man match that was Bret the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels at Wrestlemania 12 now the story was um that this was the plan, this was the destination Brett would put Sean over at Mania, Brett would go away for a period of time and come back he would go into the programme with Stone Cold Steve Austin that, that he did have, Brett would have this bit more of a edge to his character which we did see and he would be annoyed with Sean Michaels the story was written there for him um, but Sean got injured Go on, go on. Uh, um, yes if you believe for the story and um, believe him which meant he was not able to compete at wrestlemania 13 and then the plans were changed the wrestlemania 13 is another one that's not particularly well regarded i think even wwf uh, management themselves admit that this was a show they didn't really know what to do with <laughs> Um and now I know it's hard to be angry that we didn't get Brett and Sean when well, we did get Brett and Stone Cold, which was an absolute classic. Um I think the story here, you know, lends itself to it, you know, Brett said in an Insights the Ropes live show that, you know, he would come back with a chip on his shoulder, he'd be angry at Sean for not being a good role model, and they'd have finish and the finish he laid out was kind of reminiscent of WrestleMania as well. Sean would be tuning up to do a sweet chin music and brett would catch his foot along the way and be able to then sweep him down and put him into submission hold and win the match then we never got this rematch until survivor series of 1997 the famous screw job if this main event had happened the screw job probably wouldn't have happened uh, Brett's big heel turn of 1997 might not have happened. We wouldn't have got the classic with Stone Cold Steve Austin. But this, the topic of this show isn't necessarily about what should and shouldn't shouldn't have been. It's what could have been. And this is a match that, like some of the other ones we've heard earlier on, that I believe should have happened at a WrestleMania. We should have had Brett, Sean, to. At WrestleMania 13. Okay, uh, interesting. Chris, any
0: uh, any rebuttal or any arguments you want to pick out?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't like Iron Man matches. Um, I've spoken about that a lot. I don't like them in WWF. I don't like them in ICW. Uh, the last ICW show that they had an Iron Man match, I vocally tried to get people to leave. Um, I I think their match at Mania 12 is not interesting especially since it finished 0-0 like Mm -hmm. that match was a slog also it never needs watched again like do not think that this is good enough to go back to coming back at this a year later with all of the added character developments that both wrestlers had done at this point would be fantastic Like, so in my head I'm like so Michaels loses to Sid survivor series he wins it back at the rumble bret hart wins the rumble and that's your match i was like it books itself now my only issue is what happens to austin brett because you can't have that and so then what happens to the start of the attitude era like some people think this is the best match of all time like i've actually never seen it i apologize to wrestling fans everywhere i've never seen austin brett the submission match but like Lots of people, I know, I know it's kind of debated, but lots of people think that that match is the start of the Attitude Era. And also, mm. most significantly, how do you convince Sean not to walk out of that match like he did? It's tough, it's very tough, mm. but I can see why you'd want to book this. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, Gary, bring, Chris brings up an excellent argument there, like without Brett and Stone Cold, which was the match that did happen, if we got Brett Sean too instead,
2: would we have had the Attitude Era at all? Well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, Brett would have been in this edgier character um, head into it, so we were sort of in this direction of travel. Could we have had the era? error, error sorry, with Brett the Hitman I mean, Who knows? I mean, my, my argument isn't we shouldn't have seen Brett and Sean because of all the things that would follow. My argument is that Brett and Sean, too, deserve to be part... You deserve to be on WrestleMania, not at Survivor
1: Series. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Go, anything you want to add to that? I think Gary's addressed the arguments that I would have put against it, you know. Um, so all I can really say is that the idea of... Gary's going to kill me for saying this, but I've never really been a Bret Hart fan. Now, Part of that is to do with the fact that I was not watching when Bret Hart was at his prime. I wasn't really you know, able to comprehend anything when Bret Hart was at his prime, you know, it, it, like whenever at the point I started watching wrestling he was retired. Um however I've always thought the character maybe was a bit bland uh, from for my taste, you know. So the idea that Gary pitches here is a really intriguing one to me. What does an edgier, a cooler, a more hardened, a more angry Bret Hart against this arrogant Shawn Michaels look like? That is an interesting story to me. It's an interesting prospect to me, you know, and I'm not one for the technical masterclass of this era. You know, it doesn't excite me too much, even though I appreciate that style. However, if it's more of a brawl style combined with that, yeah, yeah, I could dig that. I can dig it. I really can.
0: Uh, One interesting point I would like to just add onto that, Gary. Would you actually have this, as a submission match as opposed to just a normal one-on-one given that you know, Brett Austin as a, was a submission match and it turned out to be one of the best of all time
2: Yeah, if I was booking it, book it as a singles match I think the year before they'd done the Ironman match I'd think it needed another stipulation to it Brett, when he was telling the story did sell the, fin- the submission finish to it Now, submission finishes were not all that common back, back then either I would have booked it just as a straightforward singles match but I mean the story that Brett tells with it you know if that was the angle they were going to go and then a submission match would have been logical mm-hmm. and would this just been a, a grudge match not for the title or anything uh, no I think the story the the idea was it would be a title match and Brett would get the title back Sean would have went into mania mania if it hadn't been for the injury he'd have went in as the champion <laughs> Yes. Yeah. OK,
0: great stuff. So again, same as before, I'm going to give each of you 30 seconds to give yourself one final closing argument as to say why your selection is the best argument for a Mania match that should have happened. Uh, we'll start with you, Chris, go.
3: Um, so I'll only argue for CM Punk's addition to the match. I think the reason The Rock uh, and Cena having a match sort of explains itself. But John Cena, car- uh, sorry, CM Punk carried the company for over a year why not reward them with this match and it would have made the fans even happier
0: all right 10 seconds to spare there so making the making a quick argument there
1: right goat sasha versus bailey were given nothing to do at wrestlemania 34 that is the biggest crime here cm punk still got to wrestle the undertaker Bret starts. Bret Hart. Bret Hart still had a technique, a great classic against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Sasha versus Bailey would have been something to fill a void at WrestleMania and only improve upon an excellent event in replacement of actor filler. Easy for me to say. <laughs> All right, and finally, Gary,
0: why should we? Why do we think? Brett versus uh, HBK2 is the match we should have seen
2: Mr. Wrestlemania versus the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be they um, have all the traits all the tools that you could ever need to have a classic Wrestlemania match but this time they have a cracking story to tell as well Mm
0: yep yep so there we go. That's your arguments for the second half. So, and I have to admit, I think this one, this round is definitely a lot more competitive. So, here's uh, here's my thoughts on it. And I think this is where one of your arguments is actually put up against the wall here, because WrestleMania 34 was a very stacked WrestleMania card, and a lot of it did, a lot of matches did happen in quite a short space of time, but. I don't know if it's worth bumping off so many of those short matches for the purposes of one singular match. I mean-
1: I did see two. Well,
0: it's, been, it's been a, yeah, like I said, a couple of matches. So it's, you're you're, you're having to take out a lot. And it's, you even said yourself, it's quite difficult to decide which two to take out. So there's no- No, really... I take
1: out, the, no, I said the US title match and the SmackDown tag team title match. I was very clear on which two I'd take out. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Might have to think on that a bit more.
0: Uh, Gary, I think you made a very good case for saying that the storyline is a much more edgier and a lot more personal between Brett and Sean and the stories there from the year prior. Whether I'd be keen on seeing the same, same match two years in a row at WrestleMania, though, I think it sort of dampens the... It sort of dampens the the uniqueness and the speciality of it you know because when we see things as once in a lifetime as say from the previous uh, from chris's argument i think that might just tone it down a little bit more than it should do chris i think you could have hammered your point home a lot more for this triple threat match but what i do appreciate about your argument is is you only made a very minor change to that WrestleMania card, and it made it sound so much better. So it's a a really, really tough one to sort of decide between these these three. But I think for the sheer follow-on impact, i.e. what could have happened later on, I think there's a lot more that probably couldn't have happened had this match took place. And it's for that reason I am going to award this match. The match that should have happened is at WrestleMania 29: The Rock versus uh, Cena versus Punk. Yeah, so, Tress, you win this. You win the second half the argument. It was the fact yes. that you know you, you you said it quite clearly. Punk would have gotten his WrestleMania made event that he clamoured for so much. Undertaker could have faced anybody. Undertaker couldn't have even been on the match in the card at all. And who knows? Maybe CM Punk could have stuck around and can you imagine the possibilities if he did stick around?
3: And imagine The Rock's body didn't explode. And imagine like <laughs> he was back at like backlash or yeah. something like that. Well, to Dean Ambrose.
0: Yeah, fair play to uh, Gary and Goat. You know, those were some two very, very solid arguments for two great matches. And to be honest, I think I would have happy to see either of those as well. But for the purposes yeah. of putting forward the best case, I have to give it to Chris on this. Interview. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't need your validation there. <laughs> <it>? <laughs> uh,
0: but anyway, that's been our show of two halves on WrestleMania matches that should have happened. Uh, so firstly thank you to our listeners for putting all your suggestions in it made for some excellent conversation and i also want to thank my three panelists for their presentations today firstly the goat david campbell
1: yeah didn't win this but i'll win this season of the draft uh, so who's laughing now bitches
0: <laughs> yeah uh gary thank you for your input as well thank you david thank you guys and thanks again chris
3: Yes, thank you, David. Thank you for putting us through the torture that is trying to convince you um, <laughs> that our WrestleMania matches are good. Um, I'm going to take half a point from Gary because one of my wrestlers got in his match. And uh, <laughs> and uh, just being on a show with David Campbell, it's the first time I've had the pleasure. Um, I realized that his everyday life must be just amazing. Like, imagine being next to him when he's in KFC and he's like, And I would like a zinger burger, (laughs) and I will have it
1: with a diet coke. Five pieces of original recipe chicken, not six, not four, five, (laughs) (laughs) and a (laughs) moose.
0: Yes, yes, moose. Right. uh, So yeah, that's been this week's feature show. If you enjoyed what you listened to, we've got new feature content coming out every Thursday, and we've got ESSR Central coming out every Tuesday. So make sure you're subscribed to to the show on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor and all good Android podcasting sites. Be sure to also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet And make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel as well, where we've got some great content, including Quiz Showdown, The Conspiracy Theory and uh, the Book It Tournament as well, which the final match will be coming out in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, good luck.
1: (laughs) Good luck with that one now, Dave, after making me lose twice
0: today. (laughs) and i forgot you're judging it so uh, i'm not helping my case here uh yeah but all that great content make sure you're subscribed follow us on social media thanks again to my panel i've been david and this has been essr feature show and we'll see you next time
3: I am Jack Graham I am Scott McLeod and I'm David Hockney and you can catch us most in one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts Saturday Draft Live you can share in every Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of winning the current season of our Saturday Draft
0: as always you can catch Saturday Draft Live on all good podcasting platforms